We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Good evening, welcome to NUFT Matters. Jordy's here, Jordy's there, and uh, as always, joined by the panel George, Mitch, Alwaleed, Kevin, and Stu. No Steve Hasty at the moment. I'm uh, hoping he might join us in a bit. Uh, not heard that he wasn't coming tonight, uh, but as always, an hour to chew the fat about Newcastle United, and always plenty to talk about. We're still reveling, of course. Not too much now because it's only against the championship team that's always going to be in our shadow. Still reveling in the fact that we beat Sunderland uh, by three goals to nil and uh, into the next round of the FA Cup. Um, so where do we start? Um, I'm going to start with something that I, I stuck out on the U, uh, YouTube channel uh, earlier today. And um, it's not FAB, lads, so don't worry. It's not Thunderbirds or go. Uh, we'll uh, keep that for Friday night, uh, whilst we see how things develop uh, for now anyway, and potentially for the professionals. Uh, tonight, uh, we are going to stick to football. And one of the players um, that has been linked with a move to Newcastle United is Jordan Henderson. Uh, now, Jordan Henderson, as many will know, used to play for Sunderland Football Club. Obviously, more recently played in the Saudi League after leaving Liverpool. And, uh, yeah, he's been linked with a move to Newcastle United. Um, the question I posed on a poll uh, nine hours ago was, Jordan Henderson's been linked to Newcastle United. Would you be happy to see him at Newcastle? It's a, re it's a resounding 89% no, 11% yes. Now, the interesting thing about this is that he's an ex-Sunderland player. He's a legend at Sunderland. It has to be. <coughs> However, um, there has been plenty of players over the years who have played for Newcastle and played for Sunderland and vice versa. And in recent years, and I say recent years, let's talk 25 years, Barry Venison, legend of both clubs. Paul Bracewell, legend of both clubs. Lee Clark, legend of both clubs. Bob Moncur, legend of both clubs. The list goes on and on. So, George... Jordan Henderson, what do you think about this? Do you think if, say, the deal for Phillips doesn't go through, is Jordan Henderson a? Is it a likely, um, a likely player that Newcastle could could target? Um, do you think Newcastle would go for him? And do you think Newcastle United 
um, would, would want him to come to Newcastle? And do you think Jordan Henderson would want to come to Newcastle? What's 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 your views, George? Well, I'm going to be slightly probably very controversial, not slightly. Um, if there's two players available and it's Phillips and Jordan Henderson, and we're talking about something short term, then uh, uh, Henderson would get it for me. <laughs> um, I, I I think he's 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 got the experience and he, he could slot in straight away, no bother, and I wouldn't have any concerns about that at all. And as for him coming from the from the dark side, well, you've already uh, illustrated how very successful uh, people coming that way have been over the years, uh, way way back to Stan Anderson and and others before. And all the way up, and and I mean, Stan Anderson had the had the uh, uh, the, the pleasure of captaining all three northeast sides, uh, and going the other way. I mean, Bobby Monker resurrected his career by going the other way. So I've got no problem with them coming from the dark side, but uh, I do think that if we want somebody for a short term who slot in fairly straight away, he wouldn't be a bad shout. My worries about Phillips, I, I've already expressed them on here before, is I worry greatly about somebody who goes to a World Cup and comes back less fit than when he went. So so unfit that his manager couldn't put him in the team. So, you know, it, um, slightly controversial, but but he, he, it wouldn't bother me that he's from Sunderland. And B, I do think he could do a job for us. I mean, we know Mitch. He's on, you know, allegedly on three hundred and fifty thousand pound out there. He went for the money. He made no, you know, made no bones about it. And why not? At the end of the day, football is, is a short career. Um, he went. He, he had the opportunity to go, and he's taken it with both hands. Obviously, he had to deal with all the the flack. Um, I mean, possibly if he'd been at Sunderland, they would have given us him for free. I mean, they gave us everything else for free at the weekend. <laughs> uh, Didn't they just? And another gift that keeps given with some of the things that they're coming out with. Post match, so I, um, I mean, all I'll say is everybody needs to keep up. I checked this afternoon when I first had a discussion with with Stu and Steve uh, via WhatsApp when somebody came to me with this, and it was the fourteenth of November. Yeah. Um, and I checked, actually ended up sharing it with Craig Hope about a week later because we were having a conversation about something else. Um, and so it it certainly doesn't come as a surprise to me to hear this link because it 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 it, it was in my ears around about the fourteenth of November. Uh, so I think there's far more legs to it than people realise. Though I don't think it's us courting him. I would suggest it's the other way around because yeah. somebody yeah. realises he's made a mistake. Yeah. Um, and Liverpool won't have him back. Interesting. And I think he's. I think his first choice would be to go back to Liverpool. 100%. Sounds like Michael. Owen, sounds like Michael Owen. This. Yes. Um, and based on that, I would question his motives for playing for us, given his Sunderland connections. However, what I would say with with him is I'm more sure of what we would get with him than I am with Phillips. My problem with Phillips is are we getting Phillips under Bielsa? Are we getting the Phillips who had the piss taken out of him by Pep when he came back from England for being overweight? 
And that's what bothers me about Phillips. Phillips is, for me, a, a lot more of a lottery. Henderson, the one thing I will say about him, because um, I've, I've, I've got friends who've known his family for years, he's 100% a professional. So he'll be fit. He'll kept himself fit, even if he's not playing at the, at the highest level. He's kept himself fit enough to keep Southgate interested in him for the England squad. And I think we really do know what we would be getting more of from him than we do from Phillips. And I think that's the probably the conundrum we've, we've got to solve is is just you know um i think that's a good point from Stephen as well about about he want to keep in that england squad he want to keep himself relevant for southgate um so on a short-term basis i don't have a a big issue with it and certainly like my dad but i think that's probably because of our family history of 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 being comfortable going to Roker, well yeah comfortable going to Roker park and taking the piss out with them in other ways <laughs> but you know, doing it in a in a in a friendly manner, um, and not having a big problem with, with players moving between the two clubs. Again, this seems to be a more recent thing. Um, I mean, has everybody already forgotten Barry Venison and Paul Bracewell, who were key uh, the entertainers and key to getting out the ch- out the championship and into the Premier League and getting all of that thing kick started. Um, we very quickly forgot their red and white histories when they were doing well in the black and white shirt. Okay, Alwaleed, would it bother you if uh, Jordan Henderson came to Newcastle, an ex-Sunderland player? Uh, well, Stephen, not at all. Uh, at this level, uh, we uh, we need we need um, um, uh, many players to play with for us. We we still have. Uh, to save the season, uh, to maintain our uh, achievement last year, uh, and players now are professional. Doesn't matter he play for Sunderland before, or he's from the academy. Uh, everybody now looking the best for himself. Um, between these two, you uh, Phillips and Henderson. Uh, it depends on the is it a short term goal or long term goal. Uh, it's very hard to uh, I understand. Eddie Howe doesn't want any just a player to have a player. He need personality. He need more more features on the players to to sign him for long time. But uh, um, if I can, if I if I choose, I uh, of course I will choose uh, Henderson maybe more. Uh, because Calvin Phillips is still not Calvin Phillips uh, of the last Euro, uh, become يعني, I think he's a little bit drop of the performance, uh, and I don't think maybe how convinced he's the right choice. But Henderson is still an international player. Yeah, I saw him in Etifaq in the Saudi League. He's a really great player, and I think he can add uh, much addition to the team. Okay. Good stuff. Kev, would you uh, settle for Jordan Henderson wearing a black and white shirt? I would. Um, just jumping on the back of what Mitch said about Callum Phillips and Jordan Henderson fitness levels and that. Um, obviously, we know it's called gang and press and the whole Liverpool way of playing and it's very similar to how Newcastle United play. 
in terms of you know high press, high energy, and I think he would just slot straight right in. Um, you know, he's a he's a butcher's dog to be honest. He can he still runs around at the tender whatever however old thirty plus. So yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Like you already outlined, there's many many players over history that went back and forth multiple times to play for either or. So. Um, it wouldn't really offend me in any way for him to come in. It would be an easier option instead of spending what's been muted at seven and a half million loan fee for Cal- Calvin Phillips. I don't think there'll be a loan fee attached to uh, Jordan Henderson coming in on a short-term basis. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't be a problem for me at all. I would, you know, just again, it's numbers that we need. We need bodies who are fit and willing to play. But the, the bigger concern again is. Who's uh, who's navigating this moving forward? Who is it? Is it you know, like Mitch said, is it the club wanting him or is the John Henderson one and out quickly and yeah. realizing what a oopsie he made by going? Um, and he's burned bridges with Liverpool, he's burned bridges with probably a lot of people. Um, so I think he's trying to find a way out, and I think we can give him a way out of that, even though he is a Sunderland fan, played for Sunderland and all the above. And like was seen in the, in the other chat within the um England's probably this is probably going to be his last major tournament effectively so I think you'd want to be involved in it in some way shape or form so yeah wouldn't be it wouldn't be a problem for me okay Stu would you want to see the Mackham's fume uh they would be upset uh the Sunderland legend going there uh, but they couldn't afford him and he wouldn't want to go in the championship would you like to see him at Newcastle Rather not, to be honest. Um, given the choice, I'd have Calvin Phillips every day of the week and twice on a Sunday before I took Jordan Henderson. And that's not because of his the fact he went to Saudi for extra money. I mean, imagine someone travelling overseas to earn extra money. I mean, who would do such a terrible thing? But the, he, he went there. To, <laughs> he went there to. He, he went there for the money, irrespective of what anyone says or what any justification he tries to come up with. He went there for the money. Can't blame the fella. Uh, you know what I mean? We've had this discussion before. If, if someone back home's earning 40 grand a year and they said, right, we'll give you 120 grand a year, you'd say no, would you? I doubt it. So he's went there for money, but if he's that keen to leave, and where, where who he plays for is just across the causeway from Bahrain. And I think the problem is his family's not allowed to live in Bahrain. You know, you're representing a Saudi team, you've got to live in Saudi. And... Uh, it's a lot more westernised in Bahrain than, than than in the eastern quarter of the eastern province of of Saudi Arabia. So I can understand them finding it difficult. Um, I'm sure Mitch had teeth and problems in Dubai. I had teeth and problems in Dubai over a decade ago. But you get used to it, you get accustomed to it. But it would be nice to be getting paid 350 grand a week to get accustomed to it. But that's how it works. But my preference would be to have Calvin Phillips. I think is exactly what we need. Um, knowing that we're late in midfield, I think either or would do a quality job for us because they've both got their own personal goals with the Euros coming up. Uh, so I, I think we'd get everything out of them. And I get what Kev's saying about the press and Henderson's fits and he would go forward, etc. etc. But the role that we need is someone not to go forward, it's to allow Bruno to go forward and, and sit back and protect the defence. And I think. Phillips would do that um, better than Henderson. But behind the scenes, Man City on playing ball, which I think a lot of people may be surprised at with the 
uh, you know, the, the owners of both teams. That, but they're running their ship the way they want it, and, and they're asking for a figure that Newcastle at the moment aren't prepared to meet. So it could be this Henderson story being leaked. It's convenient. As Mitch said, two months ago, he was made aware of it. Um, I know other people are claiming on social media that they broke the news in just before Christmas. Well, fair enough. Congratulate yourself for that. The, it, if we took Henderson, uh, the only thing for me that would be worth it because it would be another body in the in the midfield. He would fit in seamlessly to the system and with the players. And most importantly, it'd be worth it for the few because their hero, Jordan, uh, well, one of the two Jordans out there, their heroes, would then have to admit he's come to a bigger club because if he's come back to play football, why does he play for them and go and take, pick up 10, 20 grand a week? So he wants to play at the top level. I still would rather have Kevin, yeah, Calvin Phillips. And I hope we can get Calvin Phillips. Okay, uh, as always, uh, we uh, have uh, questions coming in. Uh, if you want to ask George something, we'll do that after the uh, the half hour schedule break. Um, so if you've got a question for George, do it. Roy Watson, though, has got in early with this one. Steve, I've waited to ask this question on this show. There is much noise around FFP. I'd love to hear the lads' opinion on if they think the current transfer window system helps our game. So, George, do you think it helps our game? No. I'm not sure it helps anybody, to be perfectly honest. Um, it's, it's, I, I think it served its purpose uh, when it first came in. It sounded a good idea, but to me, it's, it's uh, very restrictive and, and it only benefits them that's got the money. That's the big six again. You know, it's the people at the, at the top that's got the money that benefit from it more than all the others. Um, does it matter to, the, the, the ones at the bottom, like Sheffield United and Luton and them, that, uh, that there's a window. I don't think it matters a jot to them because they've got no money. But the ones at the top, it matters too because they've got the money. And look how they've, they've manoeuvred it uh, uh, in the way they have because we suddenly got money and they're trying to stop us using that money. No, it, it served its purpose as far as I'm concerned and I would like to see some sort of reversal. I'll be honest, I'd, I'd like to see uh, the lawyers at our club take the Premier League the, to to court for competition issues. And I think that that would all shake out of it um, because uh, um, it's, 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 not, it's, not, it's not a level playing field is what I'm trying to see in a very clumsy way in my view. And uh, it, it needs to be sorted out for that reason, if, if nothing else. Um, but it, uh, it disadvantages the, the, the worst people and... Uh, gives a big advantage to the ones who don't need it. They've got all the money and they just ignore it. So, um, no, I, I, I think it, it affects the game, but it, but it affects it in a bad way for me now. Uh, Andrew Davis, good evening. He says, just a thought, what if Newcastle are biding the time in this window to see if any clubs have a P, uh, PSRFFP issue? The Premier League have to notify clubs of any potential breach by the end of the week. Yeah. Uh, is, yeah. It, is, it, is it helping, Mitch? Do you think this... No. It, it, again, you know, as Bidad rightly points out, the, the transfer window was brought in with good intention. And the only people who really benefited from it are teams with money who can pay higher amounts during the window because you seem to be playing yeah. premium in the January window. It's seen as the window that to correct your problems, so you pay premium for it. Um, or they pay differently over the summer because they can carry bigger squads. For example, we play Chelsea, and they've got 
you know, 800 million sat on their bench and we've got three 17 year olds and because of an injury crisis. We we can't act in the middle of the, the season to address injury problems because the transfer window shut. And so um, it, it's something else which was brought in as one thing and it's become something else. Um, I think Andrew makes a good point there about taking advantage of clubs who may be struggling. I think that's what we did to Everton last January. I think now you know why they were prepared to go and spend 40 million for Gordon in January, because I think in the summer that would have been 60 or 70. But they were hurtling towards an FFP issue that the new fine well they were hurtling towards and uh, cash in the books was what they needed. And I think um, for me, there may be an opportunity there with one of the clubs that are allegedly going to be in trouble very soon. And so, um, so yeah, that, that, that could be part of the thinking that that Biden on targets for that. Um, but sure as eggs is eggs, in terms of buying players in the January window, you always seem to play a premium of some description. I think Gordon's the exception to the rule. Um, and there might not just be the value there this window. What do you think it's saying? The Jordan's thing there, the marks put up, Mitch. Look, that that's a great idea with hindsight. You can come up with ideas like that with hindsight and makes you sound like a genius. Um, I, I do, do think takeovers would... Uh, or a, a relaxing of FFP over takeovers isn't a bad idea. Um, I mean, Chelsea have just acted like they've got a relaxing of FFP since their takeover. And they're still sticking by the blaming on the nasty Russian man is an argument, which I don't think will stand up eventually. Um, but I think it's it's one of these things, moves like transfer windows and FFP um, are always vulnerable to a legal challenge if somebody's got enough time, uh, enough will, and deep enough pockets. Then I would think in terms of spending on lawyers we certainly have deep enough pockets um it depends on is the will there um and how much do we feel we're being hindered by everything unfairly um i personally think it'll run its course but not for that reason um but i think we seem very keen until such time to be seen to be whiter than white when it comes to taking risk because sure as eggs is eggs, if we we blow FFP, um, you know, we'll have a scud missile pushed up our backside with no lube. That's for sure. Okay. What's your views on the financial fair play situation, uh, Alwaleed? It does seem to, to hamper us, doesn't it, more than, you know, than anything else. Uh, Newcastle in particular don't seem to be able to do business. Uh, FFP is something that Eddie Howe mentions a lot in press conferences. Uh, yes, it's almost every day, uh, when, especially when it gets to transfer, financial fair play, it's all over uh, the way. Uh, it's in papers, if you read about it, it's convenience. But when you see it in the field, you see the big six play around and have all the players, all the signings with the 
crazy uh, money you, you you make me you you make you uh, make you think this is not uh, as as sir george says it's it's benefited the top six uh, teams uh, uh, obviously so uh, depending on the profit and the per- uh, spending percentage of the profit uh, doesn't make uh, uh, sense and i believe uh, it's it's not fair at all because it should be from the beginning but not after the top teams get uh, prepared and have all the resources, uh, have uh, uh, stability, and then they do this uh, the decision. Especially when it happened after the takeover, it become more difficult. So it doesn't seem fair at all. And uh, I believe it's going to be changed sooner or later. We saw we saw what happened in the transfer window in the summer last summer, uh, especially when Saudi League. Uh, bring some uh, players for uh, BIF team in Saudi Arabia. We see that, uh, like Arsene Finger spoke about it, and uh, the teams in uh, some teams in uh, England uh, were angry about the transfer to Saudi Arabia. I think this will continue, not just for Saudi Arabia, it will continue over the world. And uh, I think they will come to a point, Premier League will come to the point, uh, they must lose it much more. Okay, Kev. FFP thoughts? Well, not really my fault, eh? Considering I just stand on a, on a touchline, so it's not in my remit essentially. But yeah, from my side of it, you could say it, it stifles a, a plan moving forward based on players that you would A1 in, one out, whatever. It's very difficult within obviously markets and all that sort of stuff and values of players at certain periods of time of the year. Again, like like everybody says, pretty much beneficial to those at the top. Um, but for those at the bottom, fighting for their lives and literally trying to pick, cut their cloth accordingly and doing it the, probably the right way, getting the ones are the ones who are really punished. Um, so you know, with, the, in, with players in, players out, like I said. So yeah, it's a it, it it's an unfortunate way the the, the game has gone. It's pretty much not bringing it into distribute, but it's bringing it into distribute a little bit. And to, in my opinion, that others can get away with rules for one, rules for others, essentially. Even if you do break them at the top level, then it's um, it's duly unfair that they can quite easily get away with it. Look at the Chelsea loan system, for argument's sake. Yeah. Look at you know, here the Chelsea loan system that bought all these young players in. No real uh, repercussion from that. They'll get get them off their wage bill by putting loan fees attached to them that's an income to the club for that so therefore they can therefore balance a book essentially um you know it's, again like i said it's a bit of part of my remit but at the same time from a, co- a coaching or a manager's perspective it's just unfortunate that you can't not get what you want but into and build is it build a team properly and it, like do i remember back in the day when the transfer we didn't have transfer windows when we just it was like free trade across the season um, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, it's just unfortunate from the managerial perspective where we can't get what you would like to get in, you can't. And um, regardless of how much money you have, um, but I understand that clubs have got to be run appropriately and correctly, yes. But at the same time, there's got to be so, they're, they're taking football out of it and only people that are getting rich from it are accountants and lawyers. Really, and that's uh, that's who the main benefactors are. 
Okay, Stu, thoughts on the uh, you know the financial fair play situation? Is it hampering and hindering us, or you know, is 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 it a an even playing field? What what's your thoughts as we as, as we're trundling along in the transfer window with no signings in yet? I think we've talked about financial fair play and the implications and how it's hindered us many times over many shows. But uh, the way I read what Andrew Davis asked there was, do you think it would suit us this window? That, that's the way it yeah. took it. It was, um, Roy Watch, it was Roy Watson who asked the initial question, though. Was it? Sorry, Roy, right. Um, that, that's the way I read it, was because this week that the, the Premier League have to tell the clubs if they're in danger or if they've exceeded their financial fair pay limit. Now, rumours has it there's about five or six clubs on the threshold, or maybe one or two have actually crossed it. Uh, that includes Arsenal, Man United, Forest, Everton, Chelsea. Um, and to be honest, I wouldn't want any Arsenal fringe player. I'll take some of the first team, obviously, but they're not going to sell the first team to us. And if we try to buy one of their first team, that's going to put us in the same position as they were. So that you got to take that away. Man United, I wouldn't want any player tarnished with that club in our, in our team at all. Uh, Forest, I would take Gibbs White in a heartbeat and play him on the right wing. Um, Everton, I talked about on Sunday when we're doing the professionals. I'd have Branthwaite, and after we discussed that on Sunday, I got a few DMs. Uh, one of them, believe it or not, was from his parents' neighbours who said Newcastle have been in touch, uh, and he's open to it as well. So, if we've seen on the documentary how they do business, and I know it came across like I'll be clever and it was a bit wheeler dealer. Not Dell Boy, because it was more of a, a, a yuppie style Dell Boy when Everton were asking for 50. No, give them 40, the, the bluff and the bluffing, and we got it. So it's a game of poker, isn't it? As the window goes on, it's two blinks first. And yes, ideally, we would want the players in as fans. We want the players in straight away, get them bedded in. There's a couple of weeks gap coming up, and you know, that, that could get them up to speed, at least with the formations and help improve the fitness. But from the board's point of view, by waiting an extra couple of weeks, they could save five to ten million pounds. And we have to understand that and, and respect that. Uh, regarding Simon Jordan's suggestions, you could have any rule and he'll come up with a counter suggestion, and that's that's what he does. Although I do like listening to the fella. I try to work out some of the words that he says and what they mean, and then realize they shouldn't be in the context of the phrase that he said it. But there's the big flaw I see in that is great ideally let's just say you get three years to spend money this is to help answer mark buyer's question you get three years to spend money anywhere you want because it's your business let's improve it if you're going to do that and attract the big players you're then on big salaries which then year four becomes a huge problem because you you're above your your watershed but what would stop then i'll remind selling it to someone else in PIF, who then sells it to jb rubin's father who then sells it back to them and it, they just keep getting the three years that there's people far cleverer than us that would that would work their way around that and then that to me it would feed the richer and it would make you know, the, the bigger clubs at the moment make them even bigger but um i think this window if there's deals to be done they'll do it and the, i think the club the new regime shown that uh with the isaac with the gordons if there's a player on their list and they think this player is worth that money that they're asking for they'll take it out the summer budget and spend it now because they were going to buy him anyway, and if they can get him cheaper now, then why not? So, 
let's give Branthwaite Gibbs White in and have Calvin Phillips on loan. That'll do me for the rest of the season. All right, good stuff. We're halfway through the show, as always, it uh, flies over uh, when we've got these lads on. Uh, we're going to have the ads. We'll be back after this with Ask George. A big thanks to all our sponsors. Skips and bins, telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract, free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks again to Mr. Vicky Sources, handmade in Cumbria. If you'd like to order some, then give them a call on 01768 210102. Go to their website, mrvickies.co.uk, or drop them an email, info at mrvickies.co.uk. A big thanks to United Group Travel. They're a family firm based in Morpeth with pickups throughout the Northeast. No strangers on our tours, just people you haven't met yet. They've got a presence on Facebook and a website, unitedgrouptravel.com. If you want to make a booking, give them a call on 01670-632-460 or mobiles 0791-666-4174-0795-714-41654. Thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals, independent funeral directors. Let us look after you in your time of need. They're based on Old Durham Road in Gateshead. And you can contact them at their website, darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Email darren at darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Or give them a call, 0191 478 2730. A big thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the technical side of things. And a big thanks to New Workwear. You can find them at newworkwear.com. If you want to help the channel, hit the thumb up to subscribe, hit the subscribe button, and share to your other social media. You can also pay a one-off fee of £25 to get a scarf, a cup, a pen, and a membership card. Go to the website, nufcmatters.com, and click membership. Or put your smartphone over this QR code. We also support the food bank on this channel. If you want to make some donations virtually, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and make a donation today. We're also a podcast on Spotify, iTunes and other podcast providers. Just search NUFC Matters. I'm also a part of the Northeast Footy Brecky Show. You can listen to that Monday to Friday, 7 or 9 at the Tune. UK.com. We've also got an event coming up next year. It's in January the 19th at the Tyneside Irish Centre. It's an evening with Nobby Solano. Tickets are available on Woucher for £20. Don't forget Supermac and Gibbo do every pre match at Louis Liquor Store. It's free entry, children welcome. And there is great food by Fed's Fried Chicken. They're usually on pre-match and sometimes post-match at Louis Liquor Store. Every pre-match apart from this weekend, because uh, Lee Clark's on. Uh, he'll be there at 3.15 and uh, get yourself in. Him and Gibbo will be doing the talking pre-Man City game. Pre-match only, though. Uh, OK, uh, I said before the interval that we would be uh, bringing back the popular uh, Ask George. Uh, he did do a full... Yeah, go on, Stu. Just before that, because I was reading in the chat there that some people missed what I said because 
the adverts. The, yeah. the, doing it up by Bob Marley advert. Gary Milligan, so what I said is the sun is shining. And then when Mozart asked, I says, no woman, no cry. There they go. <laughs> yes. Okay, okay. Uh, George did do a special over Christmas, and that's George. Uh, but we, uh, we always feature it on uh, this show, so here we go. Okay, good evening, Tom. He says, ask George, with us still in the FA Cup, uh, how long do you think we will go and do you think we can go all the way to the final in the FA Cup? Um, well, the ever, ever the optimist and, and that's that's our competition, isn't it? Um, despite the fact that we haven't done much in it for in recent years, we're still one of the top winners in, in numbers of wins. We're still one of the top attenders at Wembley in finals. Uh, well, even more if you go to semi-finals. So um, it's our trophy, and, and I'm convinced that uh, um, uh, the right Newcastle United turns up. We have the ability to, to do well in the trophy, and I think we will this time. I'm certain we will. Okay, uh, Tim. Good evening. He says, "Question for George: Have you ever done karaoke, and if so, which song?" Oh, really and truly, the answer is yes. Um, in a very silly bar in uh, Naples in Italy uh, and the, the audience had to put up with uh, seven of the nine verses of Bladen Races. <laughs> Typical. Uh, okay, Philip Shuttleworth, good evening. He says, ask George, uh, would he, if he was invited onto the fans' advisory board, join it or not? No. <laughs> no, if I was elected on by the fans... If it was elected on by the fans, yes. But if it was invited on or appointed by the powers that be, like the ones we've got on now have been, no. It it, it just rings wrong for me. Um, how can somebody represent me that, that, that I've not had anything to do with putting on the thing? Um, you know, even if it's a simple cross on a bit of paper. Um, so it would be wonderful and I could enjoy it, but uh, I'm sorry, I, I, if it was an appointment, I would have to say no. I, I would, I'd be delighted to do it if I was elected on by fans, but not if I was an appointee, because um, you you use the word on here a lot, lads do, uh, an awful lot about being a critical friend. How are those people going to be a critical friend? And what, what they're going to be talking about, if, because... Are they going to strawberry before their meetings to, to meet, meet fans to find out what the fans think? Not a bloody chance. So the answer, short answer is, the way things are set up at the moment, no, I I, I wouldn't, uh, as an appointee, but elected by the fans, I would love it. Absolutely love it, the kind of phrase. Okay, and next question is from Jackie Nicholson. Ask George, what is number one position Newcastle need to fill this month? So, which area do Newcastle need to fill well, this month? Uh, striker. We, we, we've got two glass strikers at the moment, uh, one particularly, but uh, the other one's um, difficult to get five games in, in a row off them. Uh, and that that's worrying for me. So, um, yeah, we, we need a striker badly, in my view. Okay, um, Stephen Kennedy asks, we we'll always get a bizarre question. Does George prefer bare legs, tights, stockings and suspenders? Uh, I'm presuming George really means you, do you like to have your own legs bare? Do you like to wear tights or do you like to wear stockings and suspenders, George? Well, I, I like suspenders. They just do something for me ties. 
Okay, there we go. I hope that answered your question, Stephen. I think I got away with that. Uh, Kim, jo uh, George, the Beatles or the Stones? Beatles or the Stones, George? Beatles, Beatles. Beatles, okay. Last Beatles. one. I think we're, your, your internet's uh, played up a little bit there. Gary Milligan says, question for George. Does George know where Bob Stoko had the Sunderland squad? When Newcastle were playing at Wembley in 1974. No, I don't. All right. Well, there we go. You bamboo bamboozled them. And I don't even understand the question, Gary. So let's ask George if you've got an answer to that, Gary. Please answer, Gary. Well, yeah, not sure about that one, George. I've got no idea what he meant, what he meant by that. Well, they might have been in Wembley actually watching because they'd all have tickets if they wanted to go. So they may have been watching. Right. Okay. As we've got a bit of a transfer theme going on tonight, rumours are still abound that Bruno might not be in the middle anymore and he might go somewhere. Chronicles seem to love this because it's it's clickbait central, of course. And if a former striker of this parish came out in an interview recently, Louis Sahar, and said that... Too many rival sides want to sign uh, our star player. Um, George, transfer deadline day comes in. Last-minute bid from Real Madrid or Barcelona or somebody of that ilk comes in for Bruno. Um, the trigger, the release clause, which means we're going to get 100 million plus. Would you sell him? No. No, if if if, if Newcastle United want to be what they're claiming to be, then Bruno is exactly the sort of player that we should hang on to, and he he his his ability to bring other players to the club uh, is important as well. And if they see he, him sticking around, then uh, then others will come and join him. But if they see us as a club uh, taking fast money, um, I don't care about FFP. If we seem to be taking fast money, what does that say to other players that uh, that want to play at the top level? No, we want to show that Newcastle United are what they're saying they want to be. They want to be the top. They want to have the top players. And at the moment, Bruno is a top player. And I've got to say, the way he performed in the cup, cup tie last Saturday um, and the way he behaved afterwards, I thought... Told you he doesn't want a gun anyway either. So, no, definitely not, Steve. Okay. Mitch, same question to you. Yeah, I mean, I've said this before, that if someone was to come and make an offer, the release clause isn't triggered, isn't in place until summer at 24. So, if anybody has the money to pay, would take their eyeballs and go back for the sockets. It'll be more than 100 million, it'll be more like 200 plus. And I don't think anybody's got the FFP room or the actual money to come and do that. Um, secondly, if you look at good teams in Spain's work, we should be building around with Spain. Um, if you go Pope, Botman, Bruno, Isaac, there's a Spain you could have for the next three years and build around. And we'll only get better. And that's what we should be looking to do, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I think uh, anybody coming in this window will have to have exceptionally deep pockets to prize Bruno away. And 
I don't think he wants to go anywhere. And I think that works in my favour too, of course. Okay, Alvalid. Uh, well, if if the money is right and the player wants wants to go, it's okay because we don't want to keep a player against his will. But I believe Bruno is happy and want to do more for the club. So uh, I don't think this is, as you said, Steve, it's just clickbait. Okay, Kev? No. Um, like Mitch said, again, just seems like I'm copying and pasting what he's saying. I think uh, we'll build a team around him because he's pretty much the integral cog of the midfield machine of how we want to play. Um, again, it's bringing other quality in and around him. Maybe to advance him further up the park, play as an eight, whatever. He can play as a six, which I don't think is his ideal position. I think it's more more an advanced role. But he's, gonna, he's having to do a job and he's doing that very well. So, but again, the, the release clause probably would only, you know, that's just to give him the option to talk to play people. And it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to go. That's just there as a figure what they have to meet. And again, his. People have do people have the deep pockets? Do people have the financial fair place wiggle room to actually get this that that deal done? And I don't think they have. So again, I would I would like to see him here for another three to five years and go and win something and be the leader to go and, and be the integral leader to go and do it. Okay, Stu. Now, Bruno is going nowhere. There's more chance of you and me having a curly perm next week, Steve, than Bruno being sold in this window. Um, and I tell you what, if if he does go in the summer, it won't be because he's wanting to. It'll be a decision made for him, and he is an emotional type of guy. If he feels not wanted, then he will decide, OK, if that's what you don't want. If you don't want us, I will go. I'll, I'll plan my trail elsewhere. But for me, it'll show, uh, commitment's probably the wrong word, but maybe the direction the board want to take us in. Because if they were to sell him in the summer, technically with financial fair play, that would probably give us about £400 million to spend mm. uh, with the length of contracts and stuff like that with, in salaries. And if they said, OK, we'll do that, it's a way of getting on financial fair play, and then they went and splurted all that money Plus others spent half a billion as, as a Chelsea's style and but got the right players for the team, they're understandable. But you start looking around and thinking, right, how many players would you get or could you get that could replace Bruno? He's instrumental for our team. He's pivotal. Everything runs runs through him. And the passion he's got, not just for the team, but for the supporters, for the city, he's settled. And I, I really can't see him wanting to go and I can't see the club wanting to sell him. He's the poster boy, isn't he? Irrespective of whether he's the main player or the the first choice as in the most valuable, he's definitely the poster boy of the team. Uh, and I think we covered this on Sunday, so I'll agree with Kevin Mitch again that we need to be building the team around Bruno and, and getting players to complement him, not replace him. Kenny got into song. Oh, Steve Chino, you were the love of my life. He's thinking of me getting curly hair too. Um, <laughs> Jackie Nicholson says, apparently we've contacted Bournemouth about Solanke. What are your thoughts? I mean, that would that would tie in with Eddie Howe, I guess. Uh, George Solanke, um, it's a centre-forward. Well, it, it, it all makes sense, doesn't it? Because uh, if anybody will know anything about Solanke, it'll be Eddie Howe, you know, with his 
with his bone mouth contacts and, and, and so on. And I've got to say, I'm, I'm quite impressed with the, the, the lad playing in a very ordinary team. Uh, he, he's, he scores some good goals and some clever goals. So I, I wouldn't be averse to that. And I, I suspect that uh, he would fit in quite nicely. OK, 22 uh, goals in 106 Premier League games. Is that enough, Mitch, uh, for what we need, Dave asks? You're on mute, Mitch. Dave then compounds that by saying 12 of them are in this season, mm. which suggests as he finally found his level. <clears throat> um, and he, he went to Liverpool for big money and just didn't impress at all. And then ended up going to Bournemouth and I think it was Eddie who bought him and uh, so is he just coming into his own as he finally found his legs at the top flight um, there's certainly talent in there but <laughs> I don't know how much he'd cost with and I don't don't know if that is the best use of FFP money but it would certainly give her a premiership proven striker. We couldn't complain that we haven't got somebody to rotate in then. Um, and uh, we saw Chris Wood score a hat trick on Boxing Day, so everybody has that moment. Yeah, sorry, Wood. <laughs> what, what was that, shoot? He's class, Chris Wood, isn't he, Steve? Very you good, mate. Very good. Richie on the right. Um, crossing in for uh, Chris Wood on the, you know, we, we, you know, had the dream team there, and we got rid of uh, Chris Wood. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, Salangi is that is that a name that gets you excited, Al Walid in Saudi? Uh, well, at this level, at this stage, anyone would make me happy. Really. <laughs> well, that's good All right, um, I'll get my boots out. Uh, Kev. <laughs> yeah, I mentioned a few shows ago that I. I'll put you his did. hat in the ring out, and that was who I'll go after because he's a bit of a mix of Callum Wilson and a bit of a mix of Isaac. He's tall and what powerful, good in the air type of player, and something that we might need at this moment in time. Is the um, song goes big and strong enough to turn you on, Kev? You never know. It depends on the day. Um, <laughs> no, I, I would again. It's, it's the value of the play and how much Bournemouth won for him at, at the end of the day. That's the, that's the the whole crux of the the argument. And if you, you if we can see any player again, it's just if the if it's value and what we're getting. Look, he scored twelve goals this year. That he's not doing too badly, is he? So that value is going to go. That money is going to go even higher now because of whatever they want um, as a selling club. But yeah, I would. Um, I think I've seen him in a couple of games and he can hold the ball up well. Like I said, he's good in the air, got a bit of pace, he can link play up and is a target man essentially. So you can do multiple different roles. So I think you'd be a nice little addition to rotate within the three based on who you play. So yeah, I'd possibly take a punt on him. Okay, Salangi, Stu. I don't want to peel anyone's bonfire, but I really don't think we'll be buying a centre forward this window. Um, by all accounts, Wilson will be back for the Villa game, so we've just got to get Isaac through the Man City game. Uh, then he gets a couple of weeks rest, and then they've got the Cup game. And I think they'll the plan to do the 60 minutes, 30 minutes alternatively through the rest of the season. And yeah. then by then, they'll, I think that's when they'll get Wilson off to warmer claims for his legs. You know, I think the sound bites are out there. He, he needs to be in warm weather. 
Well, who could buy him that lives in the warmth? Hmm. See, I will he's scratched his chin already. But, uh, I could imagine him go, going to the Saudi Pro League in the summer uh, for a reasonable fee for an England centre forward. 25 to 30 million would be fantastic. Times up by three, four or five. And that gives us money to play with. And as I said before, it's how much are the owners willing to put in. And they're not in it for fun. They will spend the money. Um, Solanke, he's having, a, he's having the season of his life. But we've seen that with a lot of players. They won season wonders, for want of a better phrase. And I don't think you want to finish the season sitting on our bench rather than starting for them and hopefully get a move in the summer. So, Solanke for me is a no. He's, he's a good player. He, he is having a fantastic season. Um, but he's no Isaac. We need to be buying players that can challenge Isaac, not just sit on the bench because they're not as good as him. If, if that was the case, I'd rather get the money. And I've said this before, and I'll probably get a lot of complaints. I'd rather get some like Shea Adams to, to come and sit on our bench. He'll be grateful to be part of the squad. He could be our Paul Kitson. That'll come on and do a job just to give people a rest or to cover for injuries. Solanke's probably a, a grade above where, in his head, I don't think he'll want to cope in Newcastle. He's, he's got to look, is he better than Wilson? No. Is he better than Isaac? No. So why would he want him to come and play a third fiddle? He's, he's at the prime of his career. And it, to me, it doesn't make sense. OK, last question uh, before we finish. And that was from Barry Hogan. He says, would you guys be looking to replace Nick Pope? I've got massive concerns that the shoulder injury might become something that reoccurs. Second time he's had a judge. Yeah, and, and it's true what he says. It uh, once they go, they have a devil of a job, even after operations, making sure they don't go again. And the goalkeeper, it's most likely to happen because he's bouncing up and down all the time. So I've got to say a long-term... Uh, I think we've got to take a serious look at the goalkeeping position. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I certainly would be something I'd, I'd be seriously thinking about because you, you've said it. It's second time and, and operation. Uh, the number of players, even in my day, who once the shoulder went, it was yeah. a weakness. It was a weakness. I mean, look how, um, what's his name, shoulder went when he, he went onto the field as a substitute. He hardly moved. Yeah, yeah. Jacob Murphy hardly moved and it was out again. So, yeah, it's a good shout, that one. It's a one we need to look at carefully. Yeah, definitely. Okay, uh, Mitch, goalkeeper, I've said for long enough now that, you know, Newcastle do need to build from the back. Nick Pope, yeah, great, great player. Um, he does need competition, though, when he is in, I think, as well. So, I, I would say it is, it's probably another one for the summer, that. I think for the summer, yeah. Uh, and I think more importantly... Uh, someone to push Pope and if he is going to have repeat problems with his shoulder because it does happen because often what happens when you you dislocate a shoulder badly you tear the labrum the stabilising ligament that comes with it yeah. and once that's torn um, labrum repairs are historically notorious for failing again and so he, he's always going to be at risk of further shoulder injuries um, but I think we'll have to not let that become a mental thing because he's become less of a, less of a player. Yeah. Um, but I think having a a, a top class com competitor, somebody somebody maybe's younger uh, and keen, 
and hungry to push them. Um, I think it's not a bad thing. I think Dubravka has started to find his legs a bit, bit more, which is disappointing. He, he, when he first came in, he didn't look uh, as certain. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's certainly an area we need to address somewhere down the line. But that's a summer thing, I think. Okay, I will eat. Uh, well, um, uh, of course, and I believe the summer will be review for all the players and especially the goalkeeper position. Uh, but uh, I wish if we, any like uh, Dubravka didn't have a chance until Bob got injured, and uh, also I would like to see Carius to have a chance. I think they are good uh, goalkeepers. Uh, we can uh, res- we can uh, uh, <clears throat> say and I think we can continue the season with the cho- with the choices we have with Carius and Dubravka. All right, Kev. Yeah, I agree. It's a, a summer transfer window review of that position. And I um, agree again with Mitch. Look at that. Um, it's somebody <laughs> young and hungry to be uh, a, a challenger to the num- get to be that number one, not just for the short term. It's, it's a long term thing. Um, you know, especially with the injury that Cope has now sustained. Obviously, you've got the rotator cuff to potentially consider as well to hold the shoulder together. Um, and recovery times are potentially even longer. Um, if surgery does go well and the recovery process goes well, so it's a, it's a it's a question mark over whether he will be fully fit even in going through into the summer. Because again, it's a it's a, a again a, the recovery process. So I would be looking at a young superstar goalkeeper to bring in to push him. Um, again, cost does matter, but at the same time, you've got to go and spend him for. Spending sake to comp, uh, you know, build a team around and have two 11s essentially. So, yeah, I would go after somebody in the summer of uh, uh, the 20 to 23 year, year mark, somewhere around in there. I mean, you can go anywhere across the world to find a good goalkeeper. You've just got to find the right one that fits your remit and style. Okay, Stu. Well, um, in total agreements with Mr. Al Walid. Um, I think we've got two good enough keepers to see through the rest of the season. Then something I've been preaching for a while is about we have to be less sentimental with certain players. And I think the medical team or the how his shoulder repairs will dictate whether we buy a keeper in the summer. I think we'd rather spend the money elsewhere. I think there's more pressing areas that need to be improved for us to advance as a team and a squad. If he is fully fit, but if not, of course, goalkeeper is a massive position that you can't have someone in there who is good. You might as well call him the Callum Wilson of goalkeepers. You know, great when he's playing, but more likely not going to be playing. You can't have it. So let's let's just hope that he he does everything that's properly and and he, and he gets back to he, to his best. But there's always going to be a question mark, the fact that it can pop out at any time, it can go again, and it's shown twice this year it's happened. So, realistically, and for us to have this organic growth that we're trying to get, I would imagine it would be an area that we'll look at in the summer. Uh, it be interesting to see what names get bandied about, because for me, there isn't many goalkeepers better than Nick Pope, as in what a goalkeeper should be doing. I know people, people, want, people want sweeper keepers, like how Arsenal have done, but I think Arsenal would have been higher up in the league if they'd kept Ramsdale in goal instead of this rear. But that's just my own personal opinion. You know, so 
we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with, with Pope. Hopefully he comes back and it's fixed. But there's always going to be something in the back of his mind, which means should I die for this? Is it going to go again? And that split second of hesitancy can cause a goal. And if that is the case, then we'll have to move him on, thank him for his time and get someone else in the middle of our goal. Yep. Uh, quick prediction from Stu, Kevin and Al will lead for the Man City game. Mitch and George, of course, will be with me for the Amigos. So, Stu, Kev and Al will lead. Stu, you first. Uh, knowing what I know about behind-the-scenes injuries and how we're struggling to put a team out for the first time, I think I'm going to predict we're going to get beat. We are playing the World Champions, European Champions, the Premier League Champions. Um, and as Salah played his last game for Liverpool for before he went to the African Nations, it looks like De Bruyne and Haaland will be making their comebacks against us. Is that just Newcastle look? Maybe, but things will change. I, I think we'll get beat 3 1 on Saturday. 3 1, okay, Kev. I don't think we'll score. I think it'll be 3 0. Um, I've got well, some engineers that I've been posting around on our WhatsApp groups and stuff like that of certain particular players. With that, knowing that, and we're going to be very light in certain particular areas of the field. So I don't think we'll be getting across the halfway line, to be perfectly honest. So I think it's three now. Okay. I'll lead. Uh, well, uh, I can't think it uh, could be a draw uh, because Eddie Howe, I think he gets uh, get Guardiola how he play. Uh, and he proved that when, when we beat them in the Carabao Cup. And I believe also the player will be excited. You know, it's uh, it's the transfer window, and everyone to prevent, uh, want to prove himself more uh, that his value for the team. And uh, because if if they play in a bad level, uh, this is just uh, will uh, will make the team bring. They will feel that they will be replaced. Uh, if they uh, because all the fans will be angry. So I, I think. For those two reasons, a uh, uh, big chance of a draw for Newcastle and St. James's. Okay, good luck and on to Liverpool tonight. Well done to Middlesbrough last night. Good results. Uh, remember, though, it's only half yeah, time. Brilliant. Remember, brilliant. It, it is only half time. Uh, I'm back tomorrow night. Uh, me and Super Mac and Gibbo back at six o'clock. And then the Amigos will be slightly earlier on Friday night. Keep an eye out. Uh, make sure you hit uh, the bell for all notifications for all shows. And subscribe to the channel if you are on uh, your television. Jump onto your YouTube app, find NUFC Matters, and just hit subscribe. You can still watch on your TV. Uh, but for now, thanks to George, thanks to Mitch, thanks to Albany, thanks to Kev, and thanks to Stu. See you tomorrow night, six o'clock. Take care, lads. Good, Good to see you, lads. Good night, lads. Good to see you.